a bit of an irony, yeah, Rosh Hashanah. It's new! Well, it's not so new. I mean, it's new for me. I got a new house. Come second day, honey tasting, hard cider. It should be a lot of fun. Apple juice, Martinelli's. We got new schools. I got a new gig. You're a great community, but it's not so new. We've been doing this for quite some time. Uh, In fact, we say Rosh Hashanah has two names, the New Year, but also Yom Hazikaron. It is the day of memory. So what we do in this holiday is this amazing twist, as Amy was talking about. You've got to move forward. You can't be frozen. So what we do is we move forward by looking back. And so, in some sadness, I share with you this coming week is also uh, my beloved wife's fourth yard site. Uh, she passed from breast cancer. Uh, and it's difficult. Uh, it's been a hard time, and yet a beautiful time. And I wanted to share a memory that I have with her uh, back from just a few blocks away here uh, when I was uh, taking Arabic at UCLA. It's a long story. I tried to get a PhD in Jewish Islamica. It didn't exist. By the way, it still doesn't exist. I'm here in front of you to say sadly so. But I actually, I want to talk about memory because I had this memory with her and I failed miserably in a, as a partner, and maybe you guys will learn a little bit about me. I can share a little bit about memory with you, and we can all move forward as a community together. Okay? Well, I mean, what are you going to say? Okay? Okay. Good. So, Erin and I were first married. She was a professor here of comparative literature at UCLA. Uh, and, you know, sometimes they get gigs outside at other universities, and she got a chance to speak in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So I usually didn't go to these complete dork fests, you know, these like critical theory, like, oh, wow, what do you think he meant? I think he, no. okay. But Ann Arbor, okay, I couldn't wait to go. Why? Go blue. Anybody? Michigan. Yeah. All right. So this was like, I hadn't been back in 10 years and I was so excited. I was like, okay, we're going to have a pilgrimage with like seven stops, all my favorite places. It was like this scratch and sniff of memory that I thought I could fuse together for her and like walk her down memory lane. Wow, was I wrong. It totally backfired. I went to the famous chapati. Anybody have a chapati? She's like, oh my God, it's like a pita with like iceberg lettuce and Thousand Island dressing. Totally crushed. The next place, I go to the Red Hots uh, for cheese fries. These were like my favorite thing ever in college. I gained 20 pounds. Meh. Finally, a Dominic's on a Friday afternoon talking philosophy in Sangria. It was a crowded porch with lukewarm bug juice. So I was so caught up in trying to show her memory lane. And when she was so uninterested... Sometimes this happens in couples. I just went off on my own and did my own little memory lane tour. And I was so involved in my own memory lane. Guess what I missed? Her lecture. Yeah, right. So she was furious. I was miserable. The trip was a total bust. And my nostalgia bubble went poof. Because, my friends, nostalgia is an algae. It's a sickness. It's this longing to return to some original state that was perfect. It's a false hope to return back to Eden. It's a timeless place and it's beyond reproach. And Judaism does not look fondly on nostalgia. In fact, 
we celebrate eating the apple of wisdom. In fact, to say we don't want to go back to Eden. We celebrate it. And in fact, this year, right, tonight, we dip the apple in honey. We say it was bitter. We move east and we wrap it in sweetness and move forward through that memory. We celebrate not in spite of our trials and failures, but in fact, through them. So let's take the example in Genesis, Lot's wife. Lot's wife suffered from nostalgia. Seriously, she suffered from this case, Sodom and Gomorrah. So yes, she only could look back. She couldn't turn around. Even, yes, it was an evil world that was destroyed, Sodom and Gomorrah, totally evil. But it was her evil world, and that makes it felt safe for her. And she was afraid of the evil conditions that brought Sodom and Gomorrah. She was afraid of what might be after Sodom and Gomorrah. How could that come from the rubble? So she refused to budge. She was a pillar of salt, like you're talking about, refusing to move. She was literally petrified. We have this, again, I I could give you cases throughout our history, but the destruction of the temple is a pretty big one. We kind of base our entire religion around it. So you can see some of the early rabbis really suffering from nostalgia. I'll give you one case of Rabbi Joshua. Joshua, gorgeous man, loved temple cultic ritual, loved the barbecue, the whole thing. And when it was destroyed and Jerusalem is in flames, he said to his mentor, Rabbi Yochanan, Oy lano, oy lano, woe to us. Woe to us in tears. And his mentor, Rabbi Yochanan, said, Oh, Bani, oh, my child, do not worry. We, in fact, have many ways to do this differently. And so where Rabbi Yoshua could not look forward and lamented the past and wished it could all be rebuilt in that same exact way, Rabbi Yochanan totally transformed our tradition. He took an animal sacrifice and he turned it into a system of prayer and study, kind of what we are doing right now, a little different, but on a development. And he took a demolished center in Jerusalem and created an entirely new network of rabbis in the diaspora. Total innovator. Would work great up in Silicon Alley. And in fact, in the end of our Torah service, I'm not going to ask the choir to do it, but I think many of you can sing it. We sing this beautiful lilting song at the very end of the Torah service from the Bar Mitzvah. You, you can sing with me just to get in the, the effect. Chadesh Yamenu You may be seated and now the rabbi goes, talks, and he's really... But that moment, in fact, from our liturgy... In the Siddur, it's the end of the Torah service, but where it comes from is Lamentations. And so what the rabbis did, Lamentations was this book at the end of the destruction of the temple. And so when you're saying, where Lamentations, they're praying to look back in nostalgia to rebuild the temple, what our rabbis did would put that very line at the end of our Torah service. And to say, renew our days of old is not old, that's new. And so, in fact, there's a midrash, it's one of my favorites, that says, Chadesh Yamenu Kekedem. Renew our days not as old, but Kekedem. Kedem means old. Kedem also is a deliciously sweet grape juice, but that's not it either. Kedem also is a direction. Chadesh Yamenu as east. 
Renew our days just as like we were east of Eden. Renew our days after destruction so that when we realize that we have failed, that we can pick up and do it again. And so, to renew our days is not a rewind. To renew our days is, in fact, a slingshot. We go back in memory, we dig deep, we see our failures, and we have the innovation then to move forward, move up, to move beyond. Our shofar is meant to call us exactly to this posture. Within our soul tonight is this power. It's a pivot from a hard place. Then we can grow into whom we can become. Not in spite of our labor, but through it. Rosh Hashanah is not a birthday or celebration of any innocence. It's a call to action from the depths of our past. If we use our hard memories actively, they can in fact inspire our future, be our greatest mechanisms for change. And so I do pray, not to go back old school, but to remember where we were came, come from, where we came from, and to make that change. So one of my favorite services at KI, look, trust me, I've only been here a month, so I've been to uh, you know, some services, but one of my favorites is uh, the Tat Shabbat. Uh, Dan, you're rocking it. And Dan, where are you, Rabbi Dan? These guys are like, they're lightning in a bottle. I mean, it's awesome. And the kids between the diapers flying and the kids shaking. It's really, it's amazing. And touch about Friday, 9 a.m., awesome. And Rabbi Carrie and Rose, everybody's together. It reminded me back in San Francisco when I was a rabbi. We had, you know, we had touch about too. But there was a, there was a mom who would come every uh, Friday, religiously. I mean, yeah, it's a service, so religiously. But she came after her kids graduated preschool the next year. And the next year. And I started over and said, hi, oh my God, I love that you guys. You know, we have a service Friday night, too. Your, your kids could go to the religious school. She said, no, 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 it just makes me feel so good. It makes me feel like a big smile, like I belong here still. She had wife's, Lot's wife's nostalgia issues. She couldn't really move out of that stage. And I couldn't help her transition in that way. And any, any push or pull towards that was sad. When we had this moment of pivot and she could not pivot. I do believe that tshuva is really misunderstood in this very same way. It does not mean to return back to some earlier stage. Tshuva is transformative and not progressive. It's a reflection point for our lives and the people in it. So we must iterate this pivot. You have to find some change today, not who you were only, but who you wish to be. And so you need words of inspiration. Hopefully this evening we have beautiful prayers, but your own words. And then it must have tzedakah. You must follow your change with righteous actions so that it's not just about us. It's about the great us. This is actually why I like Aleinu. I don't always say us. Us means all of us, and I do mean that. Because we got to believe in our future and our power to change as much as we believe in our glorious past. Our services tonight. It's beautiful. All the pageantry. This could be a greatest hits of nostalgia. Or it could be a blessing to change our own destinies. Because if we just gather for reunion, trip down memory lane, 
we've mistaken Yom Hazikaron, this day of memory, as a memorial day. And this is like a grand parade. Because our ancient melodies inspire reflection, but they must lead to some action. We have 10 days to figure out how to set that plan. We can't inhabit a shtetl world and still feel authentic in our Judaism. You know this uh, year they did Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish? They actually changed the 60s musical and they did it in Yiddish. Okay, that's nice. But it feels like a snow dome of nostalgia to me. We have got to inhabit our own Jewish souls and do actions towards change. And I do believe the reason I've joined you this year, this, this time of my life, I think K.I., and Reconstructionist Judaism really does this. We embody this mission. So Shabbat at the beach. Look, would Moses like totally start jumping in the water? I don't know. But he'd understand exactly what we're doing. And let me just say, for our Tikkun Olam projects, it's really extraordinary what we do. I mean, there are 193,000 pounds of food delivered last year. We're trying another 2,000 pounds. These are actions that are not just reflective memory lane trips. So let's just take a few examples of tikkun olam in this community. We have a fair September 23rd, over 50 different organizations giving us opportunities to actually act in the world. That is not a tzedakah box. That's actually active planning towards the future. There's so much suffering. We must look east of Eden for our solutions, not before back in perfection. So a final example of tikkun olam here. So thank you, Rachel. You've offered me this teaching, which is I thought that there was 193,000 pounds of food delivered to KI. And I saw the box, and there's like four cans of tuna in there. (laughs) I'm saying to myself, it just doesn't add up. Where are the numbers? Who's the bookie? But in fact, what we have done, now I promised I'm only going to be 15 minutes, so I can't actually have you do this now. But if you went to rki.org slash HHD, you can click on the food drive. Not just these apples, which literally will be going to the West Side Food Bank to be feeding our people in need. But you can click, with a click, you can give 2,000 pounds. That's how we translate biblical tithing And it's not just the blue tzedakah box. And it's not, I do remember schlepping cans of chickpeas. Does anybody remember that? Two bags of cans of chickpeas that were like sitting in the... We are doing it here. This is transformative. It's taking pain and turning it into nothing less than salvation. And that is Kihilat Yisrael. That is you. That is us. And I want to say the same for the state of Israel, Medinat Yisrael. Because Israel absolutely matters to American Jews and Judaism here. As Herzl said, if you will it, it's not a dream. Because Zionism is not some fanciful return back to an old world preserved. And it is not simply a reaction to all the anti-Semitism in this world. Herzl and the people who created Zionism as a future They were innovators, and they saw the union of of the diaspora without God at its center. This was the ethical response to the Jewish people. And now Israel, outside of the headlines, is creating some of the most amazing art, fashion, architecture. I know you know about the tech. The medical services. We are first responders around the world 
Do you know Herzl's book, Altneuland, The Old New World? He envisioned the temple in Jerusalem as an arts and science cultural center for all people. Frankly, it's like the Israel Museum up on that hill. And truly, it's an inspirational and innovative place. This was our ancestors eating the bitter apple of wisdom, seeing life and death before them, and they made an apple pie and served it a la mode to the world. This this must have our same inspiration in our prayers, in action for Israel today. Because if we're really honest with ourselves, I'm asking you honestly, do you see Israel as a cute snow dome with a camel and Ben Yehuda, men with black hats wailing at a wall? And if you do, you got to break that snow dome. Oi to us if this is how we see this beautiful state. Because the vision of Israel as a Jewish state, a democratic state, an egalitarian state that celebrates its beautiful diversity, we can have it all. It's painful, but it's possible. In fact, it's our skill. This is what Jews do well. So we've talked social action. I've talked preschool. You know, I I love the shul. It's got great stuff. I also love the Pacific Palisades. It's been beautiful to move here. And I think our nostalgia bug has also hit our backyard. Literally, some of you, it's in your backyard. Because in two weeks opening, Caruso. Yeah? Right? The carob trees are coming in. Did you see that? They're planting the carob trees right now. So, last month on Sunset, there's this poster. The guy, do you remember this? The poster on Sunset? The guy's in the Chevy. It was totally authentic. What was the tagline? Be nostalgic for the future. Oi. It may be fabulous marketing, but it's totally oxymoronic. You cannot be nostalgic for the future. And I'm sorry, God bless, but we can't put Mort's Deli next to Chanel. It's nice. They're going to have a soup. I heard they're going to have a soup named after Mort. God bless. So... It's a choice. We've got to choose life. You can choose to see the end of this beautiful little village, or we can choose to inhabit our own destiny. We can use our great past. We have three generational Jews and people living in the Palisades who know the past and can inhabit this new collective with our children and have a love of social action, memories filled with life. It can be a blessing, Caruso. That's up to us. We've got to own it. We've got to shape it for the world we choose to endow, not just for our kids, but really our children's children, as so many of you have, sh- have shown me in these last weeks. So I want to conclude all the way back to my beautiful wife from UCLA and my failed college reunion. Because, look, I didn't go back for like 12 years. It was like really traumatizing. But last year, I took my boys, Nathan and Theo, back to Michigan. And I told them, actually describing my epic fail, it's going to be like, oh my God, can you believe it? I started High Holidays and I botched the chauffeur blowing, but then I, it's the same kind of feeling. I told them my misery and they kind of shared in that with me. And it was another mama's story. And we, we actually went to some of those other places and the cheese fries were much better. I introduced Theo to Frank's hot sauce. Didn't love it, but it was good. And you know what? There's an entirely new biotech center 
that is transformative that lit my son Nathan's eyes up. It didn't exist when I was there. So he was maybe curious about my past, but not so much, but it was a totally transformed experience, and I could go back. They actually watched the football game. I don't remember watching one football game in four years there. I want to end with this. That kitsch is to nostalgia what art is to memory. So let's not make souvenirs here. Let's be artists. On this Yom Azikaron, this new day of memory, let us pivot towards this beautiful world. Our tradition is not a tchotchke. Our community is not a snow dome. And so may you find this nostalgia within you and then shatter it with the call of the chauffeur. You'll find that calling of our destiny is in those fragments. To repair this world is to change our interior world, the same as it ever was for the first time, for the 5,000th, 700th, and 79th time. Shana Tovah.